Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome, everybody. This is the Man Up Podcast. What is this? Podcast number 39? 39. 39. Get out of here. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by Minuti Coffee because that's where we are at tonight. So, hi, my name is Bill Cox, and I'm with Man Up. I'm the director at Sugarland Baptist Church. Uh, we're going through a book called Connect 360, Going Viral, The Birth and Advance of the Church. And what we do with MANA, this is a men's uh, adult Bible fellowship, and we're not pastors, we're just regular guys, and we're just trying to develop our spiritual life, just be a little more deeper meaning. We call this an oasis for men, and what we do here is we have a panel discussion uh, about the Man Up Sunday School lesson from last week. And what I'll do is I'll go around, first introduce our panelists that we have this evening, and then I will let them go ahead and talk about the lesson and their interpretation of it. And today we have, we call him the judge. He is a prosecutor, so if you're ever in trouble in Houston, Texas, you're going to get the book thrown at you by Mr. Michael Cropper. And our favorite policy writer, he's also a professional gambler and a recovering accident victim. Mr. Steve Titch is here with us. And my name is Bill Cox. And before I uh, get to the lesson, I just want to have a little personal uh, note. In the past two months, I've lost both of my parents. My mother about two months ago. My father, I just returned from last week. They were married for 65 years. And the only time that I remember that they've been apart was this two month in between the passing of my mother and my father. And this is a man up class and I want to focus on the man uh, impression of this. Of course, my family and I are still working through their grief. However, I have a lot more empathy for orphans now because of the untethered feeling. And I think one thing about faith and why this Man Up podcast and Adult Bible Fellowship is so important is the fact that men need to store up these faith credits because there's times in your life when you'll need to spend them. And I'm telling you, I spent all the faith credits that I had in the bank at my father's service because we were really tight. He was a farmer. I worked for him and just seeing all the people and it was fairly unexpected. So with that, uh, with that personal note, just want to let everybody know that we have a Facebook page which is at man-up. We're also available on SoundCloud and on iTunes. And if you have a question or a comment that you'd like to leave, go ahead and leave it on our Man Dash Up Facebook page. And with that, I'm going to turn... This is the 10th lesson in our book. The Focal Text is Acts 16, 11 through 34. It's praise-filled prisoners. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and uh, introduce... Uh, or actually let him introduce himself, Mr. Michael Cropper, and your uh, interpretation of the lesson. Hey, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, Bill. Uh, before we go on with the lesson, I do want to comment a couple things, uh, folks. Uh, Bill Cox is a very positive person. He trusts in the Lord with his heart and his family, and he guides him the right things to do. I had the privilege of meeting his dad and his mother, and they are phenomenal Christians. And you can see the impression, I can see the impression, and the direction they left on Bill because of his faith and because of his positive attitude. And his, his dad was a delight, and Bill is a delight to be around. And with that, I will go on now. Uh, once again, we're glad to be here. If uh, any of you join us for last week's podcast, we dealt with a whole different issue. We dealt with the term of legalism, and that's looking at rules and regulations that we need in our society and looking at them to the point 
and, and practice them to the point they're no longer equitable for our lives or reasonable for our lives, but rather believing that our existence and our faith falls on those rules if we follow them directly, uh, then, then we will be holy or righteous. And that's the point. Everything around us is, uh, is, is based on rules which we have to have. So, so this week we're going to a completely different lesson. We're going to the lesson of a, a, a great lesson with Paul and Barnabas where they go out and share the gospel and to the point where they are actually uh, imprisoned for their faith because they step on some toes. And, uh, and the, in fact, the name of the lesson, I think Bill mentioned it, was Praise Fellow Prisoners. And we are going to look at them while they are incarcerated and how the Lord uses what we would ordinarily think would be a negative, negative situation and something that would be a discouraged enough to, to drive us away from serving the Lord, possibly. It draws them closer to the Lord and draws the people around them to the Lord. So I'm excited about the lesson, Bill. It's good to have you back. Excellent. Great to be back, Mike and Steve Titch. Well, I'll add my my sympathies to the loss uh, about on the loss of your father. I will I will comment on one thing you said. Um, I know what it's like to go through some of this, and I know what it's like to feel like your uh, balance of faith credit says run out. I don't might feel like the case today, but perhaps tomorrow uh, you'll get an envelope in the mail and you'll find your faith credit statements, and you'll find there's more credits there than you thought you had. Very nice. So so my. My thoughts are with you, your son, your, your family, and, and your extended family on this. Um, we, we get to uh, this section of Acts, and this is a nice uh, uh, section to look at because it, uh, it's Paul's second missionary journey. Uh, we see that he has some successes and some difficulties. And it um, it's a piece of scripture that stands in refutation to some sometimes an overly optimistic message even some pastors give that you become a Christian everything becomes wonderful for you uh, your life changes all for the better uh, sometimes uh, people who aren't familiar with the Gospels seem to believe that about Christianity or believe that that's what Christians think and and this stands in opposition to that uh, we see uh, Paul have some successes um, uh, make some key conversions, uh, but also, as as Mike said, we see he gets he and, and Silas get thrown in jail, and how they deal with it is really important, and that's the, that's the point of this lesson. And that's excellent. And what I'm going to do at this point in time is I'm going to read the lesson. If you have a Bible, turn to Acts 16, 11 through 34. <clears throat> So putting out to sea from Troas, we ran a straight course to Simothrace and on the day following to Neapolis and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city in the district of Macedonia, a Roman colony. And we were staying in the city for some days. And on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to the riverside where we were supposing there that there would be a place of prayer. And we sat down and began speaking to the women who had assembled. A woman named Lydia from the city of Tyrteria, a seller of purple fabric, a worshiper of God, was listening. And the Lord opened her heart to respond to the things spoken by Paul. And when she and her household had been baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. It happened that as we were going to the place of prayer, a slave girl having a spirit of divination met us, who was bringing her masters much profit by fortune telling. Following after Paul and us, she kept crying out, saying, These men are bond servants of the Most High God, who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. She continued doing this for many days. But Paul was greatly annoyed and turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out of her at that very moment. But when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. And when they had brought them to the chief magistrates, they said, These men are throwing our city into confusion, being Jews, and are proclaiming customs which is not lawful for us to accept or to observe being Romans. 
The crowd rose up together against them, and the chief magistrates tore their robes off and then proceeded to order them to be beaten with rods. When they had struck them with many blows, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to guard them securely. And he, having received such command, threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet to the stocks. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there came a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison house were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. When the jailer awoke and saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, saying, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And he called for lights and rushed in, trembling with fear. He fell down before Paul and Silas, and after he brought them out, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him together with all who were in the house. And he took them that that very hour of the night and washed their wounds and immediately he was baptized he and all his households and he brought them into his house and set food before them and rejoiced greatly having believed in God with his whole household you know I uh, as I read this lesson I thought this is pretty awesome that we have a prosecutor here in Michael Cropper but um, I don't know about you guys, but I have been in jail. And the thing about being in jail is this. It is the most boring experience of your life. And if you ever got to know the other prisoners, you typically don't get rehabilitated. You learn about all the other crimes and how to get away with it from the other prisoners. And they talk about all the jails that they have been in as if they're tourist attractions. Wow. <laughs> you know? And so this, and, and I'm absolutely certain that back in the day, it was probably quite similar. People that are in jail, especially in a small community, they probably know the other people that they're in jail with. Very few are going to be honest enough or caring enough about the staff to where they wouldn't do anything to escape. You know, that's just. Now, did you say you have been in jail? Absolutely. Yes, I have. So, what would you have thought if there were a couple guys over here singing praises and hymns to God, and you just want to be miserable and serve your time out in jail? What, and if if you could put yourself in that way, because. You have to be the state of mind. The state of mind is going to vary between the prisoners, right? Absolutely. The vast majority of people don't look at it as a rehabilitation time or a time of meditation or a time to get to know yourself or to better yourself. The vast majority of the time is spent feeling sorry for oneself. Checking out the clock. Checking out the clock. Getting ready. If, wow. if only if not taking responsibility, uh-huh. how it got right. you out there. Right. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. So, I mean, that's just mm-hmm. a, a little personal observation, um, you know, from my own uh, experience as a youngster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it, 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 I, you never know who's watching you as a Christian, whether it's in jail or out of jail. You said this before. And you never know when the Lord's moving and when He is. When you think you're doing the greatest job of being a Christian, righteous and holy, you can get slapped down so quick. And when you think you're being depressed, but you're still trying to serve the Lord with all your heart, or speaking for the Lord, you don't know the people who are watching, and they just may surprise the heck out of you. Someone may walk up to you and say something to you. And I, the example, I, I was a disc jockey once on KFMK. Um, back way back when it was a Christian station and I remember having an individual call me and, and I was down that day for whatever reason I didn't do well in school or something had a bad test and I remember uh, a person calling me and said you have been the greatest blessing to me 
that I have ever, ever, ever had happen to me. And then they asked me to lead them to the Lord, and I just, I had put them on hold. They were a request. So I wasn't expecting that. So when you don't expect it, sometimes you, you're serving the Lord can be the greatest, uh, greatest mm -hmm. presentation of the gospel. You don't even know it. Um, and you know, um, that experience happened to me at my, own, my, my father's service. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I had a man who came, who was another farmer, mm -hmm. to my dad's memorial service, who was my Sunday school teacher. I'll never forget him when I was in middle school. And because I'm from such a small area in Michigan, it was usually one or two people in our Sunday school class. Mm -hmm. And so he got discouraged after a couple of years and quit. Uh, just because there wasn't much of a turnout. I'll never forget him. And I told him that. And he said, I didn't think anybody cared. <laughs> but it was a building block. It was a stepping stone in my life, in my Christian walk. And I'm not and sure. Got to tell him I, I had seen him in years. But, but that's the thing. And, and I think so much of being a Christian like Paul and Silas they lived it it didn't really matter where they were at the mere fact that they were they were in prison they could have been they could have been working they could have been wherever it didn't matter but they were living it you know well the and we can double back I'm moving a little ahead in the story but we get it we get a, a twist when they're in jail, uh, they're singing hymns, and this earthquake comes, and all the doors open, and you expect at this point, you know, this mass jailbreak. Yeah! Right. We're all, we're all, we're all leaving. And Paul, in, in, in really one of the most illustrative Christian acts, says, well, wait a minute, this, this jailer, <laughs> we all run out. It's it's not it's not Caesar who's going to get hurt by this. It's it's not the magistrates. It's this jailer, you know. And and he says no, no. And and the jailer's worried. They're probably scared. For, he's literally is scared for his life. He's going to take his life rather than rely on the mercies of the magistrate. Right. Um, Paul not only says nobody's leaving. I guess he prevails on whatever prisoners are there. No, we're not leaving. And and you can see through between the lines the force of his personality and perhaps it certainly was preaching we don't know how many uh, prisoners were converted um, the jailer certainly was by this act of um, pure magnanimity uh, I mean you would you would say maybe in, 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 in Sunday school well you know I wasn't the guy who left the jail but Paul and Silas as we talked everybody, even the guilty guys, out of leaving. And, and, and I can go back to your story about being in jail. Can you imagine something like this happening if suddenly the doors were open, one or two people saying, no, the right thing to do is to stay out of a concern for our prison <laughs> Who cares about doing the right thing if you're the prisoner? Right. right. <laughs> but you, but the, you know, the thing, about, the thing about it is, even among thieves, there is always a leader. Even, even at the lowest common denominator, when you're incarcerated, mm -hmm. there is always a leader. And I, re I remember that vividly uh, when, when I was in jail, that mm -hmm. there was a leader, and if something like this would have happened, of course, a certain amount of people would have just bolted, but the vast majority of people look to the leader for direction and that's part of this man up thing man up Christian leadership and it exemplified in what Paul did by they looked to Paul I have no doubt for him to calm the storm imagine this it's an earthquake okay I get it that the walls are coming down okay and they're free but they've just been through an earthquake. I don't know if you guys have been through that. It, that is one of the most unsettling things. When I was in the Navy, when I was in the Navy, I was in Japan. I was in a, 
uh, tremor, mm-hmm. and it, the uh, the trusses in the hangar were bowing, and you just wanted to get out. You are absolutely at the mercy of the earth at that point in time. There is no control. And so being shaken to the foundation, I can imagine for a moment they were all stunned. And at that very moment is when leadership comes. Leadership comes when it's needed. It doesn't force its way. It's when it is looked upon, and I think that's uh, I think that's what was happened. That's what happened here. And they looked to him, and a, a certain fearlessness, because here you are in a in a society that ascribes these earthquakes um, to. To the mercurial feelings of the gods, was this Hephaestus? Was this was this was this uh, Pluto down there um, raging? And Paul perhaps had the divine insight that this may be coming from God, but he 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 does. You don't you don't see him as scared, or at least he's not portrayed as being scared in this narrative. He's he kind of has, as you're saying, he has he has his stuff together. And says, "Wait a minute! This is and he does not. He does not come out and say this is, this is God that sent this earthquake. He may believe it. Um, nonetheless, he knows what it's all about at this point. He's not. He's not scared. He is. He is. His faith has turned him over to the acceptance that he's going to get through this, and not only get through it, but get through it for the better." Right, well, he, he, and he does, he, and the jailer, and and, and I, I feel, no, it's another side lesson in this almost. Um, the jailer is part of this whole system. He's he's just doing his job, and you know maybe maybe he doesn't think that much about it, but he certainly sees that Paul and Silas were possibly mistreated. Uh, they were from out of town. They were definitely beaten. They probably may have gotten more harsher treatment than other prisoners. And he sees that again. I go back to this act of magnanimity, and he says, "These guys, there's something special about this. Right. Not only were they beaten up, they're singing hymns to this to this god, um, this god that I really don't know much about. Um, there's this big earthquake. They hold it together, and they save my life." And he gets, kind of gets pardoned in a way from, from because if they had all left, Paul and Silas might have stayed. The, the, they, the jailer would have been in trouble. And so he he converts through that. He gets pardoned, uh, and and I mean it's a reflection of of, of of the pardon that Jesus gives us. And and Paul extends that. He he holds nothing against the jailer. Um, the jailer's just there. Right on. I think he's looking to see what God's going to do in this situation. Mm-hmm. Because first of all, when he gets beat, he and, and uh, Barnabas are Roman Silas. citizens. Silas, Silas, mm-hmm. excuse me, are, are uh, yes. Roman citizens, and they could have stood up and said, "Why are you beating us? Mm-hmm. Or why are you about to beating us without mm-hmm. giving us trial?" And they don't. They keep their mouths shut mm-hmm. and they take the beating. He later asserts that again at another time when he gets beaten along mm-hmm. with either Silas or one of the other other persons he travels with as a missionary. Mm-hmm. So I think you're absolutely correct. He's sensing the Lord's presence in this. Mm-hmm. They take the beating. They go to jail and they're singing and he's mm-hmm. wondering his mind or heart, Lord, what are you mm-hmm. doing in this? What are you what are you presenting this? What mm-hmm. is going to come out of this that will honor mm-hmm. you and serve you? Because he didn't speak up to this time and he did not confront them about him mm-hmm. being a Roman citizen and being punished and beaten. And that's that's a that reverberates in contemporary times right now. Taking it back a bit, we, we, that uh, that they were they got they got the proverbial southern sheriff. <laughs> boy, right, right, right. Boy, <laughs> boy, boy, those those masters, her masters of that, pull a lot of weight around here, and you can't come into town just pulling your stuff. And that's right. So boys, right. take them out back. Yeah, I mean that's that's what right. it was. they were they were they were treated as as you know such systems even more in those days they were treated outside Roman law what they should have been treated. And so absolutely, they were treated like like very bad criminals. Beat them first and then ask questions later. 
Roy? Yeah, you know, the, the thing that I really enjoy about the Bible, and I've stated this many times, there's so many layers to each of these stories, and, oh, and it means different things, not only from the different perspective, but from your age, this kind of stuff made a was much different to me when I was a teenager than it is now as an adult. And when I look at all the different layers, and I think of the person that I might have been, maybe when I was younger and more sure of myself, I would have been the Paul, or I would have been the Silas. But I think in many situations, I'm the jailer. In many situations, I am. I am merely reacting to what I have been thrust upon. Just just to make a living, okay? And doing the best I can. But the thing about this faith is to recognize, to recognize when someone has been ordained or gifted and when it is true that then we have the opportunity to make that decision and as being Baptist and being free will Baptist understand that this is truth what this man speaks and when you see it in the action you have the opportunity to absolutely accept it and I see that in that jailer for once he he goes I see something that I absolutely believe in this isn't forced upon me like a job no this is something I can choose to believe in these guys live it I have seen them day in and day out they weren't just in there a week they had been beating, they had been in there, and they had been consistent in their behavior. And then, to actually stay so he doesn't get beaten or, or, or punished, certainly punished, for not being able to keep the prisoners in. These people that I have made sure were shackled care enough about my well-being that they'll sacrifice their own freedom when they have it right in front of them. Yes. This is a faith and a God that I can believe in. Well, you and know the Holy Spirit was melting his heart when he heard him singing the hymns mm-hmm. and, and talking about the Lord and testifying to each other about the gospel because the Lord, you may not see it when he's working on people wholeheartedly, but the proof of the pudding is in there that when when the place is shaken and immediately when their their shackles are broke free and they're they're freed up and they choose not to leave or run away and they tell him he immediately takes them out immediately up to this point he was a he probably would get in big punishment or get in big trouble for taking prisoners out of jail period no Absolute, question about no it. Question about he would have gotten in trouble taking him out. And he's been listening to them sing songs with, with their backs beaten and raw. And they should be crying and screaming in pain. And instead they're singing hymns to the Lord. And he hears, or he sees this, this, this earthquake come and the prison should, should leave and they don't leave. And immediately that's, that's when he snaps. And he knows. He says, I've been doing wrong. And he immediately folks. He takes them out of the jail and takes them to his house. Doesn't ask any questions about anybody. It's no longer about me anymore. It's about doing the right thing. He snapped for the Lord immediately also. And he took them right out of the jail, no matter what confrontation would be back later, if if his superiors found out that he took them out and took them home and cleaned them up and fed them. His heart all of a sudden now is, it doesn't matter to me anymore. It happens to me. Right. I'll right. take care of them. It's what is right. All of a sudden, what is right, rather than what is my job, became important to him. And I think that is a big part about man up and the man that as we talk more and more about it, man up is Christian leadership. And there comes a time when, no, it's not your job 
It is about what's doing, doing what is right. And you have that, and you have that opportunity or that, uh, that, and, and, and the deeper that your faith becomes, the more responsible that you feel you have to be to make that decision to do what is right. You feel convicted to do that. You know, the Lord doesn't necessarily speak to you, Mike, Steve, doesn't necessarily do that, Bill, no. It's in your heart. It's what you feel. You feel it, you see it, you see an injustice. You, and then you, you know, this is not right. I need to man up. I need to make this right. And that's, but let's talk about what you just said a little step further. I don't know if folks, in our work, I work for the city of Houston. And, you know, I could have opportunities to take pens and pencils and things like that from the city. Or I could leave early and go in late. But I'm being watched. And, and I, at, at some time or another, I've had people say, well, you can leave early. You can get by with that. You can do that. You can do that. So, no. No, I'm being watched. I have to do the most ethical thing I can do, being a boss, being for the city, and I have the people under me watching me. And if I do that, there's no telling who's watching and, and what effect it's going to have on them. So if we're looking practically at what you're saying, Bill, we've got to be careful in what we do in our image we present at our work. And of course, you know, of course, you mentioned this over and over again, Steve, in our families. The slightest bit of unethical thing that we do or an immoral thing we do can be multiplied a thousand times like throwing a rock into a pool. So, Absolutely. You know, I see that with Paul and, and, and Silas, and, uh, and, and I can equate that to my job, our work folks. Uh, we have to be careful everything we do, from the time we get up in the morning till the time we go to bed at night. And we have to be careful what we say. And we have to present the best image we can do. And, and, and when the time comes for somebody who wants to ask you to do something that's questionable or in the gray area, you have to say, no, that's just not right. That's just not right. And because I, uh, it was so fresh in my mind, my dad's service and all the people that came to his service and they talked about not only how great of a guy he was, he was a funny guy. He, my dad was a pig farmer and a feed salesman. And you don't, when you think about people that are influential in the community, it, 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 number one and two is not pig farmer or feed salesman, you know. But he cared and he loved those people. And they talked about it over and over again. And when it comes right down to it, when you put that back cover on your life, you know, the dash that's in between when you were born and when you pass from this earth, it's not about the dollars you make, but about the relationships that you have. And I can't tell you how many times people said that my dad helped them out in some of the just minute ways that made a huge difference in their lives. Think about that. Now, that taking that pen might help you out at home. Because maybe you're, you're pen adverse. You, you don't want to go buy pens. Or you sneak out 10 or 15 minutes early to beat the traffic. But the reality is this, though. In your mind, when you're sleeping at night, you don't sleep well. You don't have that security blanket of integrity. And people are going to see that, and they're going to follow you. And they are not going to have that integrity either. Because that's the easiest thing to teach, is to teach people how to cut corners. Because they are more than willing to learn that. They are, it's harder for them to learn integrity. I, I would disagree. I mean, there are plenty of people who sleep very well 
despite the fact that they've, <laughs> they've and none of us have come, come up with that word. Right, yeah, but right. no, you're that's probably right. very well. They've done it so for so, so long, right? so long. Yeah, that's okay. exactly where I'm going with it. They, right. they, that's why we have so much of this in the world. I mean, um, we have we have apathy. We have okay. um, we have you know. If it's well, it starts with what you're saying. Well, if it's okay for the boss, it must be okay for me. That and that always works out for some case. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, and it's and sleep it's, better and, than us. You and, don't do that. Um, you and don't so see, you're probably right. Um, is, it and so I'm not saying now. Now it should. There's a difference thing there. If, if, if you're on the right path when you do that, you should be living in sleep. But the sad thing is uh, that that. Uh, that it isn't, and, and in some cases, it's gotten to the. It is to the point in our culture where you're 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 not supposed to be losing sleep. It's 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 part of it. So like we're we're saying, you know, you're, you're if you're if you're a young woman, you you have to explain why you're saying no to having sex. It's not the default anymore. Back 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 in those days, you know, lack of you know. Being single and 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 remaining chaste was a default. Now it's just the opposite. Why aren't you sleeping with me on this third date or first date? Mm -hmm. And 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 why are you such a freak about it? That's mm -hmm. what a, a guy says now. Mm -hmm. um, no, it's not. Right. It's it's not. And and so it's not where. It, 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 I, I, it's, it's an unenviable situation for young women to be in because uh, now that's the new normal. Right. Um, and likewise, nobody nobody loses sleep over it. Um, so so I, I'm, I'm digressing a bit, but nonetheless, to take it back, um, uh, we're what what we see here is 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 this type of leadership, uh, a sacrificial leadership. I'm not. Paul says we're not leaving. Uh, and we're going to do the right thing, and um, that exactly. is handed off. So, um, and and when it when it happens, and it doesn't happen every time, you see this. I'm sure there were plenty of failures that are implied at it at, in Acts, um, but when it happens, it's it's something special to see. Well, I think the the big issue is this nowadays, and you know, and I talk from my own experiences. There is no honor in honor and integrity. The only time you see that honored is like at a memorial service, is when people talk glowingly about honor and integrity. The rest of the time, you don't hear about it. It's about competition, getting ahead. Getting ahead. The only time that that does not matter is at the memorial service when a person is passed. Mm -hmm. That's when honor mm -hmm. is actually elevated to where it probably should be in society. Mm -hmm. But up until that point, it's competition, do whatever it takes to get ahead. Whereas in Paul and Silas's day and the way they live, they live with honor and integrity as a matter of their daily lives, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and that takes discipline. It, it, it's it, it goes against the grain because it's not really with in line with human nature. Sometimes it's it it, it no takes it, it takes walking with the Lord and takes disciplines. It means because again, it's I, I'm oversimplifying, but you know, you start by if you don't take the pen, you're not going to start. You know, adding to your expense account and go on down that that slope. Mm -hmm. um, and but the hardest thing is probably not taking the pen. Oh, um, you know, because you know no one's gonna miss it. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, you know no one's gonna yeah. care. You know they've yeah. probably built in that cost in the budget. <laughs> right. But right. the right. fact is, it's it's not whether they did yeah. that or not. It's it's the personal integrity, and it's so easily. Eroded. It's so easily eroded. Great work. Yeah. Right. Many, ta many times we're harder on ourselves than other people are. Well, we need to be. Right. We need to be. We need to be self-policing. We need to be self-policing uh -huh. because the because the thing about it is, integrity is for us to manage our own integrity. Mm -hmm. It's not something that other people force on us. It, sh it should be ours. It should be ours, and we should value it. I, to I totally agree with that. So. Well, I want to 
I don't know that any of us are going to get thrown in jail in the next few weeks or months for, for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. But as you've mentioned, folks, uh, and as guys have mentioned, uh, we may get made fun of. And I guess one of the one of the things we're talking about in Man Up is that when the opportunity does come and when you ask the Lord for the opportunity, I do know something, folks, and I was looking at the, uh, the, the scriptures we just read. Paul and Silas were looking for an opportunity to, to witness for the Lord. You notice they went out into the area where there was supposed to be a synagogue or people meeting for church, and they looked for an opportunity to talk about the Lord. So when you do that, folks, you will find it. You may not find the opposition that comes with it, but if you if you want to know the Lord, you want to seek the Lord or, or serve Him, I should say, the best, then you do look for the opportunity to serve Him, and you do look for the opportunity to share Him, um, especially if the Lord puts that call on your heart. And, uh, and, and so doing, we saw, saw this with Paul and Silas. They looked for every opportunity to, to preach the gospel, even if it meant going to jail. And, uh, uh, yeah, and, and, and the, the thing about it is, uh, I, I think this particular lesson, like Steve started off uh, noting that it's not easy to be a Christian. Uh, particularly back in this day, expect to be persecuted. That doesn't necessarily happen to us uh, now, uh, certainly not in America. However, uh, if it does happen, don't be surprised. And take your lumps and live with integrity. So, um, And with that, uh, I'd like to go around uh, uh, the table uh, one more time and let's get the fellas to summarize uh, and start with, uh, with Steve. Well, as I said, it's, we, see, we see the ups and downs and we see, we see uh, Paul turn uh, a rather grim situation into a triumph. Um, we didn't cover this, but if you were to read the following um, uh, verses uh, after, after uh, 34, uh, there is somewhat of a happy ending to this story in that uh, the magistrates the next day realize they they haven't followed due process or was due process at the time, and they order Paul and Silas released. Uh, and uh, here, here's here's you know here's something to think about in, in because sometimes they say oh, we're supposed to be all meek and mild Christians. Paul Paul demands almost a reverse perp walk. <laughs> he demands the magistrates come down and escort them out of their prison. And um, the magistrates really want them to leave quietly. Oh, you know, because you stop, stop stirring this up. And Paul and Silas say no. Um, and they, uh, they go, apparently it says they go to uh, Lydia's house with some um, brothers and sisters before leaving town. So, so they just don't, don't leave because the local magistrates tell them to leave. They, they demand their rights. They get it. And... Uh, um, do, do in the end stand up to the people um, persecuting them and we, to, to, to sum up it's interesting that these two guys somehow really get the local establishment frightened and this is kind of to me in the, the great ironies of the whole Bible and the whole New Testament that this seems to scare the people in power more than anything. Um, the Romans didn't worry about uh, the, the 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 Germans, the, the the barbarians from the north. They didn't worry about Africa from the south. They had good relations with the east, um, but they were scared to death of a bunch of people who telling this incredible story about a guy who rose from the dead. Um, and and to, to the fact that you know they they felt it, they need to wipe wipe this emerging religion or occult to them out, uh, which which they never did, obviously. But so so these are the these are the things to to see about, it. and it's it's all about how um, in this story how it affected you know the local establishment who was built you know they were built on an economy of of. Uh, fortune-telling, 
um, which which maybe she was you know just a, a, a very good prognosticator. We have them today. We have still have so-called fortune tellers today, and they make a lot of money doing this. And especially if you could farm her out, <laughs> you can outsource her out. To, you know, I'll, I'll I'll loan you out for I'll loan her out for a fee, so she can tell you how your props are going to do next week. And I'm sure she just gave them a very good uh, forecast for their props or for their business. And and you know you go around and you start messing this up, you get a lot of people in power mad at you. And and uh, Paul never, as I said, Paul was very fearless about this whole thing and he never lost faith. And that was my long summation. <laughs> <laughs> well, and uh, anyway, before I turn it over to Mike for your summary, I think that can be just uh, summed up in, in, in one word. Uh, integrity. Mm -hmm. He was committed to the word and he was not going to allow that to be jeopardized by anything that the society itself could throw against him. Regardless, whether it's a fortune teller that was just annoying him. Yeah, no, that's a great word. <laughs> you know, or, or if it was somebody who was actually flogging him or imprisoning him. I mean, so it didn't really matter. The word is the same, integrity, or you can add commitment to it as well. Integrity and commitment, regardless of whether it's merely an annoyance or if it was death-defying or if it was imprisoning him, did not matter. He remained steadfast. And I think that's an important concept for us to consider as we continue with this walk of faith throughout our life and being men. Yeah, well, you brought up something, Steve. Uh, I wish we'd go into a little bit about the fortune teller, the, the girl that had the ability to, well, to let, foresee. Let's that, go uh, in there a little okay. bit more. All right, well, let, let's talk about that for a minute. This lady, this person, this slave girl who followed Paul and, and Silas, and yelled that they were they were bondsmen of the most high God and were preaching the way to salvation. Now, folks, to me the first thing I would say is when can you not say that all the time that it wouldn't be there at the right time? I mean, you can't find somebody who can't can hit harder than that telling they are preaching Jesus Christ. But there is a time there is a time for you to you, to be wise as serpent and harmless as a dove. There is a time for us to, to talk about the Christ. And there is a time for us to be silent. And I think this is what Paul saw. I grew up, before I became a Christian, my dad would take me to spiritualist churches. And I saw people do what you spoke about, Steve and, 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 and Bill. Uh, predict things and, and look at spirits and see resemblances to families that were passed and members that were that were passed and everything like that. And my dad says, well, you're, you're going to be a sensitive person, everything like that. So I, I I do know that there are times, there are spirits out there that, that do know the way to the Lord. And they do know the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they can use it to confuse a new believer and a, a new person. And this is what we see here. I, I, I'm guessing that what Paul saw in her was she was actually interrupting their presentation of the gospel by her presentation of the gospel. I, I would absolutely going, agree. I, 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 I think it's probably she's distort, distorting the message. I would agree. She's yes. not. Be, she's. 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 It's only. Only. It's only brief. But she's. She could be attributing all this to Zeus. She could be attributing to. She's not. She's distorting the message. And yeah, and 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 which ha which still happens today. And Paul, yes. I love that translation. Yes. I got to find out he gets yes. annoyed. I mean, he doesn't get. He doesn't. You don't see this righteous anger. He's like stuck behind somebody writing a check in, in a right. supermarket. I'm annoyed. <laughs> I've got Apple oh. Pay. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and but but uh, levity aside. But yeah, I think that's that's it. And and again, she's she's he, he exercises her. She, she, she casts out, I guess, a mm -hmm. demon or something. Mm -hmm. Which in that, so he doesn't really punish. Her. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't no. get mean to her, and, and in fact, she may end up 
walking away corrected from this. Uh -huh. um, what 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 the what what her masters are mad about? She's giving up fortune telling. That's right. <laughs> and, that's right. And, and, and making them money. Money, money. Yes, that's right. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I'm glad you brought up. Uh, yeah. uh, I wanted to earlier, but it didn't seem to be right until right now when we can talk about it for just a moment and let me. And also in, in reality. And, right. Uh, I'm glad you gave us the opportunity to do that, Bill. It, it's it's uh, it's a great point of the story, no and, and and so being part of Man Up, folks, this lesson is tremendous. I've heard it since I was right. five years old, being in the church in the Baptist church, growing up in the Baptist church, and uh, uh, and and looking at it again today is just just a wonderful wonderful opportunity to share it and talk about it. And finally, my final point would be this: understand. Commitment, integrity are a big deal. And you won't know how big of a deal until the end of your life. And when people come up and say what you represented to them, just like what that jailer saw, what Paul and Silas meant to them, commitment and integrity. They stood there and waited because they cared for him. My name is Bill Cox. This is podcast number 39. We are out on location at Minuti Coffee. Uh, we're from Sugarland Baptist Church. Follow us. on. We're on iTunes. We're also on SoundCloud. We have a Facebook page that is Man-Up. If you have any questions, you can go ahead and post it there. And we invite you to join an all-men's adult Bible fellowship. And if there isn't one in your Bible-based church, go ahead and start one. My name is Bill Cox. Thanks so much for tuning in. You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.